beautiful humans. Welcome to another episode of Role Models, Juicy Conversations with Beautiful Humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. This podcast thrives on your support. So if you like what you hear, follow us, rate us, review us, and share this episode with everyone you know across all of your networks. Okay, so Every once in a while, someone comes along and just shatters all expectations. My guest today is the absolute phenomenon, Kanya Sesser. Kanya is a skater, surfer, skier, activist, motivational speaker, model, actress, the list just goes on and on and on. She was born without legs in Thailand, and she was found at three months old, then brought to a local hospital where she lived until entering foster care. She was then adopted around five years old and brought to the United States. Now, I don't know how, but Kanye seems to always have this hell yes, invincible can-do attitude that has propelled her to try just about everything. With the motto, no legs, no limits, anything is possible, get ready to be inspired. Welcome, Kanye. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled to be talking with you now. We have something in common. We were both adopted through Holt International Children's Services, <laughs> which, in my opinion, is the most incredible adoption nonprofit organization in the world. So you have to fill in the details of your origin story. Oh, my gosh, yes. Holt is such an amazing, like, actually, that's where my parents, my adopted parents, found me and adopted me was through Holt. And I went to Holt Camp Out ever since I was adopted until I was, like, old enough to, like, not go anymore. <laughs> but it's so cool to see all of my friends I grew up with at Holt Camp Out and just see them, like, just grow up and be such a beautiful human being and just having their own family and doing their own careers and whatever. And it's really amazing. So that's so cool that we're both from like the whole, like it's still like mind blowing that the universe just connects us so much. <laughs> I really feel that they are doing God's work. It feels like there's just angels that work there, angels that are, you know, like bringing people together and finding love in unique places. And, you know, our lives were changed. We were touched by grace and compassion, I believe. Um, oh my goodness. Discovered. Yeah. <laughs> and so you were adopted at five, which, you know, I have an adopted brother and sister. They were adopted at five and six years old, and it was not easy for them at all. They already learned Vietnamese. They had already had the culture in them. And then to be plucked up and then plopped into a completely different family, a different culture, different language, and straight into school. I remember how tough it was. Was it like that for you too? Oh my goodness. Okay. So when I was, you know, adopted around age five and a half or five years old, my mom told me I already had the Thai language. And the funny story was when they adopted me, my family adopted me, they went all the way to Thailand to get me and come to America. And my mom was warned and like my caseworker and all the nurses in Thai like told her to learn a little bit of Thai words. That's very important. <laughs> and so that way she can understand what I wanted because I did not know English at all. All I know was Thai. And the most important word that my mom had to learn was, ooh, ooh, bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. Okay. Or like, I want to eat because it's very important. Okay, we need to understand what she wants. And it's important if I need to go to the bathroom, if I'm hungry. But I remember my dad says, I just pointed at everything. I do a lot of like less verbal, more like physical communication. And that's how my parents understood what I wanted. And we were on the plane one time and I was like, oh, oh, I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. And then I know this is like, it's funny. And my mom's like, are you okay? Like, you know, what's going on? But she totally forgot that means I need to go to the bathroom. And so then she like, and she like smelled, I was like, oh, oh, bathroom. And she rushed me into the bathroom and everybody looked and everybody's like, oh my goodness. And I'm like, thanks mom. Like, once you adopted me, you, you had one job. Embarrassed me because you had forgotten certain type of an important emergency Thai language, like Thai word. <laughs> Majority of time when you bring a child home from a different country and their first language is their own native language mm -hmm. and they have to learn English and English and 
Thai are two different vocabularies, two different like grammars and all that stuff too. So it was really hard to kind of like, you know, understand certain words because like, let's just say by the time that you're five and a half to six years old, you know, around like maybe like thousands, couple thousands of words or a couple hundred, five hundreds or something of words. Mm -hmm. But me learn from, from a different language to an English, I probably know like a couple hundred, like negative, like less than that of the mm -hmm. word that is origin for, you know, people that was born and raised in America. So it was like really tough for me because I feel like vocabulary and like understanding certain comprehension, trying to talk and trying to say something of what I have in my mind, but I can't really explain it or like shorten it with certain type of words out loud, you know, speaking it. So it was like really hard. And I had to go to, I had to be in like ELL class. I had to like do a lot of like, you know, language classes. And it was kind of really tough. And uh, my mom told me that I had so much like, not anger, but like frustration, kind of like, you know, had a lot of like annoyance and like, you know, this is tough when, and she said that I was like, kind of like crying because like, I didn't, I want to understand. I want to learn what this means and how to say this stuff and how I should say, right. But it's so hard. And like, my mom saw that and she was a teacher as well so it was good to have like a mom who was a teacher and she we would like go over different like spellings different like you know comprehension and grammar and vocabulary after school at home so that way I can understand it but it's so hard because you know when I got home I had to do that I like ah, I just got done with school I had to do school homeschool again so that way like I know the language and it was just so frustrating because you know I would see kids outside having fun but I have to be inside and learn this language <laughs> and it was like really hard because like I was very fluent and smart in my native language but this is a whole different you know it's like coming in a whole new world and I think that was like the toughest part you know yeah it's harder to learn when it's you not something that you inherently go into when yeah you're, yeah when you're like you want to speak learning like speak unless you know like you know how to say it in the right way there they you know where to put the ofs and twos and different like you know places and stuff like that and to be honest like I'm better now but sometimes it gets to me and I would like you know put those in like different areas and all that stuff but like I think that's the only hardest part <laughs> coming to America is like you know the different type of learning cultures and different type of like language and English and especially math I don't like math and all that stuff so I really feel like it, it's all different many different people have how they were like taught or mm -hmm. teaching and all that but for me it's just like my mom's like you have like a learning disability I'm like quote unquote what is a learning disability because I was very fluent and smart doing my Thai language until I came to this language and like I don't like the word learning disability because I feel like that's just like, that's kind of like limited of like who you are as a person. And it's just like, no, I just have my own way of thinking. I have my own ways of like understanding comprehension. And like, if people can explain it a little bit more, I would understand because of the words, you know, back then. Yeah, that is such a good point. People learn in different ways. And when you're thrust into a completely different culture and a different language at a slightly later point in life, it's going to be more difficult. So totally understand that. But aside from that, this is the moment where I just want to profess my love to your parents for a moment because <laughs> they had two of their own boys, one of which I understand is autistic, right? And then yeah. you were adopted. Holy smokes. I mean, it's just like... I just want to hug them so freaking hard right now. They do sound like the most incredible human beings with very, very big hearts. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Yes. My mom, Jane Sesser and my dad, David Sesser. And I have two older brothers. I'm the youngest, of course. <laughs> my mom is such an amazing mom, mother to have. And to be honest, I'm very blessed and fortunate because there's a lot of kids that I've did speaking with and like learned their part of the story is that like they never got to have the blessings that I have so I'm very blessed and I'm very like you know just like I'm happy that I have the adoptive family that treated me really well you know since today and all that stuff and they've been there for me not a lot of like kids have that and it's kind of sad 
because of like the way how they were growing up or raised and everyone's different. So my life would have been different if it was like, you know, going to another home where it's like not accepting or like kind of like uncomfortable and all that. So I'm very happy and fortunate that I got to be raised in a really nice neighborhood. I got to go to like a five-star, like all like mm -hmm. highest rank in Oregon school. And I got to have the opportunities because if I didn't have those opportunities, I wouldn't be Kanye Sester today. No legs, no limits. Anything's possible. So I feel like growing up or putting yourself in the right category with other people that also helps and builds you, that makes a village. You know, it takes a lot of people to make a village and create you and, you know, and yourself. You create yourself. I create myself, but with good helping and people around my life, I feel for me, it impacted me for the better and the greater, you know, good. And that's my mom because she is such an amazing woman. I know that her and I had our like, you know, times in the past where like we don't agree on a, a lot of things and we don't really, you know, it's hard to understand mom sometimes. <laughs> but the thing is, I love her at the end of the day. But, you know, it's really hard, you know, like having raising a child of your own who's from birth that's autistic you know that's more of like I feel like also you know mental I would say you know mental disability and adopting somebody who is like having a physical disability without any legs and stuff like that you know having those two together and like with three kids and just doing a whole lot just like it's a lot she also works with a lot of kids and stuff like that and I don't know how she managed to raise me because I was stubborn I did not like any help I got myself ever since I was like no I have my own perspective and I like to do things my own way ever since I was little and so it drives my mom nuts she's like oh my gosh and I remember my mom would tell me that you know you always like just do things on your own without asking when you were little you just do it without even like asking and I'm like I did <laughs> and she's like yeah and we thought that you know that's not good because you should ask before you do something when you're a kid and so I was like it makes sense but she's like but you always wanted to have your own way and my mom was also telling me that she had a friend and we were going with her and somehow I was having an episode where I wanted my own way and like wanted to do my own things. And I think this has to deal with a lot of like, I know I'm different, but like there's certain things that I, how I want to do things and I don't like it. Maybe when I was younger, I've had a lot of people do things for me. The nurses and the doctors and everybody that like helped raise me probably did a lot for me where I maybe took that as like as an advantage when I was younger and just like normally like adapted be like hmm, okay I want to do this or maybe it's just me you know <laughs> we don't we don't know but like my mom and the nurses and even the nurses told me and the doctors and my caseworker and my I call them Tia and Theo grandmother and grandfather told me I was very very difficult to handle <laughs> Well, I was so, curious about that too, whether or not that was something that was inborn and you just had this like independent spirit, despite any kind of limitations that, you know, physically that you may have had, you've almost overcompensated for it with your will and your desire and your curiosity. I actually had the opportunity to interview Gabe Adams Wheatley recently, and he was born without arms and legs in a family of 11 kids he was adopted into. And part of his upbringing that it, like there was no pity party for him. Like they had way too many other kids to deal with. And so it was like, if you want to climb those stairs, you got to learn on your own. And so they essentially helped him find his independence by teaching him that. But it sounds like yours was quite different. You, you had that. Yeah. And I think everybody was trying to pull in the reins. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's a video, a VCR, I know, right? <laughs> a VCR tape of me, actually, the nurses videoing me climbing the stairs, climbing the shelves, climbing everything. And they're like, we didn't taught her that. She learned that on her own. And that's what I'm saying. I'm like, what do you mean a learning disability? I obviously did that all on my own because my common sense of my mind of like, I just put everything in technical terms of thinking where like, it's common sense I don't have any legs. So what should I do? 
do with it and this is how I should do things because like you know who else is going to teach me everybody else has legs and the thing is when I look at other people with legs I don't think anything different I was just like cool whatever I I'm like well this is me so let me figure it out and kind of like navigate my life on my own of physically going through challenges of what I need to do. What do you do when you don't have legs? It's like, okay, I'm guessing I should walk like this. I mean, this seems like, you know, ideal. Oh, cool. I can climb through this. Maybe I was very curious as a kid. We're like, pretty sure I can climb up that. And I was very smart, obviously, because I've learned and taught myself all this. Just like skateboarding, like I taught my own tricks without legs on my hands and I see what tricks is comfortable and what I can and cannot do but I feel like there's always possibilities of like different ways I can do things same with like many other sports I have done you know (laughs) so like yeah I feel like it's all about you it's not really about like you know well my people didn't taught me it's like I taught myself you know like a lot of stuff and it's funny because my mom says I was independent but when I was younger, I cried when she left. Like, I didn't want to be alone. Like, I think that has to do with some type of, like, childhood situation where, like, you know, people come in. Abandonment, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's why, like, and not just that, but she's, but a lot of people said that, like, I didn't like men. Like, when <laughs> I saw my dad, I just didn't want to be around him. I was scared around him, I guess. I didn't want to be around him. I was just like, he has that like masculine energy. And I think the reason is because most of the people that raised me were women. Interesting. (laughs) So I don't know. I learned to like, you know, accept my dad throughout. Like it, it was more time for me to really be comfortable around my dad than my mother. And I think like I had most of like motherly feel around me than men. So I think that's why. But it's weird because my caseworker says I always work with doctors I would go to the nursery and prepare mothers for their birth or be in like be in the first like you know the birth area and kind of like watch the men doctors do their thing but if they messed up I'll be like no 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 that's not how you do it that's what they told me that I would do is that I would be like watching them and see how they're doing with procedures and like make sure violently judging them (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. All the women that's about to give birth, they said I was like an angel to them to like welcome, like kind of like comfort them, I guess. Hmm. I don't remember that, but that's what my caseworker and the nurses told me in Thai. Yeah. So So it seems like your curiosity and your desire to, you know, do these different things, like all of a sudden escalated into almost like this adrenaline rush for you, where it's like you just wanted to try anything. And it's nice that your parents seemed to be okay with it after a period of time. They might have been like, oh, she's so defiant, but let's let her be, let's let her do her thing. So, you know, you got into everything from surfing to monoskiing, wheelchair, rugby, basketball, Hiking, swimming. I mean, the list just goes on. It's mind boggling. I don't think I've tried half of these things that you've tried. Like, what do you think it was that made you want to be exploring all of these different kinds of sports? Yeah. So I, one day I was like an elementary school or like, like sixth grade or something or middle school. I was like, mom, I want to do something. Like I want to do sports. I want to like be a part of something. Cause I was very extroverted. So growing up, you know, I had a lot of friends. I was popular. A lot of people really want to know me of who I am and like want to be my friends and all that. And also my mom created a playground for people with disabilities because she saw me going up the hill on a bark desk to go play with my friends. Be like, that seems kind of like a whole lot of hard work. And there's like other kids in wheelchairs that like rarely can go up there. And so she's like, you know what? I'm going to raise money with the city community of Twalton to build a playground, two playgrounds, one of each side of the areas and kind of like everybody play wherever they want to play. So that was like, wow, that was crazy. I have a picture of me cutting the ribbon on the newspaper of that, like opening up the playground in my elementary school. And I think like a lot of kids up there, you know, where you grow up really defines who you are too, because where I grew up, it's like everybody was so cool. Like, I mean, like I never, I wasn't bullied or anything like that. I was never bullied. I had a lot of kids like be curious And when I come into confrontations with kids that's like staring at me, 
or they're like, why don't you have any legs? I don't like judge on the people's, you know, how they talk or like how they're curious because everyone's different you know they grew up probably never seen somebody like this before so I always be like oh I was born this way but I do this and do that and like that's why probably I became friends with a lot of people because I'm like wow like she's so cool and, you know engage into conversation and like there are going to be rude people who are like well then how do you do that well I don't understand and then they're trying to get understand it and I don't judge them because I'm like well let me just like you know, show you and just, I still live my life and just like give them a happy, positive thoughts and smile. And like that, and then they come around and be like, wow, you know what? I was really rude earlier, but like, I thought that's really cool how like you opened my eyes and mindset of that. It's like, yeah, and I like, yeah, come in, like join in and stuff like that, you know? So I always like include people instead of like excluding people just because they have a different mindset than me. They have a different growing up situation to me. So I always like think about that. I think about putting myself in other people's situations. So yeah. that's how I make friends. <laughs> and also I'm just very extroverted and maybe because of my appearance, maybe of my personality. My personality definitely engage into like an attraction for a lot of people, female and male, you know, perspective and stuff like that. So I feel like that also has to do with a lot of how I am as a person. It starts off with you pretty much. I love myself unconditionally ever since day one I like was, you know, born. <laughs> so I don't think I had a problem with like, you know, with all that. So I think that's probably help a lot with my socializing in school and I had my first crush in first grade and like we just you know my first kiss was first grade to this guy Peter that um that I found out that was wrong to do in first grade during teachers conference or like parents conference that him it was so embarrassing my my parents and his parents had to sit down and be like telling us that we can't kiss at the playgrounds it was really embarrassing but they laugh afterwards so I'm like hmm okay <laughs> moving on but that's how like you know my personality my characteristics and how active I am kind of like interest me in doing things like sports and being very active and me engaging in people's like life story be like hi I'm Pony Assessor what's your sign what's your name like I'm just up there you know so <laughs> I, my mom's like yeah let's get into sports because I had all these energy I always like woke up at five o'clock six o'clock in the morning go outside play outside tell it's like too late sundown and I would sneak out my dad said but they would always hear my wheelchair you know sneaking out that's <laughs> the work and also the window it creeps like the, my, my dad told me that like, you know, you always had so much energy that you want to be outside all the time. You don't have any break. You want to play foot cap, like capture the flag, football, tennis. And like, you just want to be outside. I'm like, yeah, because I don't like TV. I never watched TV when I was a kid. Yeah. So like, I rarely watch TV. Probably the only time I watched TV was like when like my friends, you know, but mostly I was just out skateboarding. That's how I found skateboarding was age nine years old and I was just hanging out with my friend Leah and she had a skateboard and I want to try it and I rode on it and I've loved it ever since so my mom got me a skateboard and I just rode like went to the skate park in Twelton skate parks and that's how I found surfing as well so the connections that I have with who I am of sports as well kind of got me into all these sports and my mom went to Shiner's Hospital that's where I got like you know surgery on my hands because I used to be born with a web finger right here and they had to cut it so I can wear gloves and then I have three fingers here but I used to have a fourth finger here that was connected and I had to surgery like surgically remove that but Shredder's Hospital also have um, connection with Oregon Adaptive Sports so mm. that's how we found sports for track wheelchair basketball and just get connected into the adaptive community in all sports and once you find that you find other people be like oh you should try this you should do this and it's so cool to be in that community because we all help each other we all like show people people with other disabilities can join to and become a Paralympian athlete like I was right right gosh well I was gonna say like it seemed like you were an adrenaline junkie but you're really an endorphin junkie I think <laughs> And so if I think about kids these days that don't get enough exercise, you know, they're sitting in their video games and they're brooding and watching Netflix all day. It's like, no wonder they're so sad. It's like, you know, get outside and do something and your endorphins will take over and you might actually really like things. But I didn't have an iPhone or an iPad 
back then, you know? And I wasn't really, like, interested in just sitting and watching something all day. It's so boring to me. I felt like being outside is, like, so much fun, especially when mm. you have ability and, like, the opportunity to with, like, you know, a big, you know, again, grow, like, where you grow up really does affect your lifestyle. I grew up in a house, really nice house, and, like, we have a big backyard where I can have my own playground, we have our own playground and like enough a big backyard where like my mom can plant like be a farmer and all that stuff and we have a tree house so it's like again I'm blessed to have that lifestyle like that was like there and like it's so cool and like that's why like you know I never I tried to like okay you know what I'm I had this life and like never tried to kind of I never tried to think about life as like something that like be limited and like even if things don't work out just know that there's other outcomes in life oh, yeah that's absolutely true and so I'm curious about what your thoughts are on inclusion and diversity within sports in particular but also because you've become a model and so you have a real point of view on the beauty industry as well I do yes so actually I wasn't even thinking about being a model <laughs> I was like an athlete. I was like in high school. I was actually in choir in middle school and middle school and high school I was in choir. I was doing cheerleading, but not a whole lot because I'm like, oh, this is so boring to me. I was a cheerleader and then I became more of like, you know, doing sports like built your track. So I, I raced against a lot of like big names and I was classification of a T53 and then IPC transferred me to a T54 because of like my disability. And so I got to race in both, I guess, but I got to go to Switzerland for the World Cup and I got first place in the 100, 200, 400, 800 meters. We got second place in the four by four women's relay. I got first place in the 5K, second place in the 3K. And I don't like long distance. It's so it takes forever. I don't like it. I'm more of a sprinter. So I was just like, wow, I'm like an athlete. So yeah, I'm an athlete. It's funny because when my mom, before my mom adopted me, she loves Jesus and God. And so do I. But like she, she had a woman that came up to her and was all like, your daughter that you're going to like have, she's going to have a beautiful voice. I'm all like, you know, I'm not a singer. Like, <laughs> I don't know what she means by a beautiful voice, but like maybe she means I have a big spoken out loud voice because I am a speaker. So maybe that's what she meant and all that stuff. But I'm like, no, I was born to be an athlete. So I found my calling. Thank you. But like <laughs> it came out differently <laughs> than that. So I'm so happy that like, you know, I got to have my amazing time of trying to qualify for the 2012 Paralympics. I was one second off of, you know, <laughs> I was one second off the 100 meters and I didn't make it or qualify, but a lot of people didn't at that time, to be honest. So I'm like, oh, whew. the only like, you know, like, so it makes sense, but I had fun, but I retired from track and all that stuff. But that's how I got into modeling as well. I think my sports got me into modeling. I had somebody come up to me and they're like, you would be a really good model. I'm like, oh, thanks, really? <laughs> Oregon Dream Factory asked me what three wishes I wanted. First wish I wanted was actually a car. <laughs> I was 16 and I had my permit at the time, but like, I was like, I want a car. And then like, oh, let's, let's figure out another dream. Like, I'm like, okay, I want to go to Hawaii. I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, but they're like, okay, what, what's your third dream? I was like, I don't know, maybe be a model because like this person thinks like I could be a model. And so they are like, oh, okay. So they kind of like got a photographer, which is James photography. And they got me a makeup artist and they just like pretty much did this whole collaboration of having everybody together and doing my makeup and pictures and stuff. And I think that's how I started modeling because of Dream Factory of Oregon because of my wish. But I was like, that was my wish. I could have just done that later on in life. <laughs> but like, I guess, you know what? It happens for a reason. I made that wish back then for a reason and it put me here today. So I guess like it all worked out. I felt like my wish back then, if I could have known was like, oh, I want to like start a big film. Of, <laughs> but modeling actually connected me in acting. So yeah, my mom and dad 
during the summers, like I didn't have a normal summer like everybody else. Well, I kind of, but like I was traveling for sports all the time. I was traveling for track all the time, but also I was also going to school. Yeah, I was going summer school and Christian summer camp. <laughs> and it's cool because my mom, you know, put me in these like communities and activities for me and my brothers to do. But for me, my mom, besides going to Christian summer camp with my older brothers and our church and all that, it was really fun. It was like a whole week long. It was like, you know, it was fun and all that. But she put me in a musical and acting class, like acting school. So I went to school during the summers for film and acting. And I got to be in my first independent film, I guess, when I was like in high school and middle school. So I've learned a lot, you know, through theater and stuff like that, which is great because like I always loved it and stuff like that. And I feel like that was like so fun because it was acting, like acting and active and all that stuff. I don't sing, but like <laughs> I did my best on that. So yeah, my mom got me into wheelchair basketball as well. Every weekend, it's like training seven days a week. I would go to Seattle, Washington to do wheelchair basketball with the Sonics basketball team. And then on the weekdays, I would train for track and train for the Paralympics and all that stuff. So I was going to school, waking up, going to school, come back, do my homework. And then I would have a track practice or training and all that stuff. And then it's all over again until the weekend. And then I go train for wheelchair basketball. It was fun because I was very active and stuff like that. So that's how I got into sports. And that's also how I got into modeling because of the, you know, Oregon Dream Factory. And I just loved my body because of how active I was. And I was like super in shape. So I was always taking selfie of myself and just like posing in front of the mirror. My mom said I did that ever since I was a kid, like looking at myself in the mirror. And maybe I just see I love myself ever since day one. So and I would just take random pictures, selfie. I created the selfie of like taking pictures of myself and I would print it and like put myself on the wall. And, and then that's just how I start modeling was, you know, and I love my bikinis and swimsuit because I don't care showing off my body. I'm not ashamed of like having no legs doesn't mean I need to be ashamed of like my body. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be critics of saying, well, because you have a nice body and like, of course you wouldn't be ashamed of it. And I'm just like, listen, I love my body. I don't like, even if I wasn't, you know, physically in shape and stuff like that, I still love myself. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's going to be that negative people, but I always block those people out mm -hmm. because there's just want to have reason to put other people down who loves themselves. Yeah. So I'm like, you do you. I'm going to do me over here because I have some things to do that I'm getting in life. Absolutely. And I think that it's so wonderful because you are truly that embodiment of representation and what it means to love yourself and to have that incredible self-esteem. And then look how it's manifesting out into the world and all of the joy that you're getting from all of your activities and all the things that you're doing and so many people that you're inspiring. This is what it's all about. Exactly. And I got to work with Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, yeah. I was like, what? Abercrombie and Fitch, weren't they back, like, back in the day, they were in a whole different, like, company situation, and then now they're, like, doing, you know, inclusivity and all that, and I think that's really cool. And then if you think about it, like, I got to work with Sweaty Betty. Like, Sweaty Betty is, like, a big company from, like, you know, UK and all that. I got to work with, like, oh, my gosh, I got to work with so many. I got to work with, like, so many other, like, big brands and companies. Oh, yeah, Tomboy X and, like, I don't know. I've done so many that I'm like, wow, okay. Like, see, what's meant for you is meant for you. Block out what other people doesn't, what they don't see in you and, you know, put that negativity onto a side. I don't like to look at negative. I like to just, like, okay, thank you, but no thanks. You're mm -hmm. killing my vibe. I'm going to go to my vibe of what, manifest me that's why now that I'm like 29 turning 30 I know what I want in life who I want in life who benefits me in life and who doesn't benefit me in life so true and I think that the issue with a lot of people's woes is that they care too much about what other people think of them and so the wonderful thing with you is you've got those healthy boundaries where you're like, I don't really care if you like me or not. I like me. And that's really all that matters. And it really is just such an energy zap to waste your time worrying about what other people think. And you're spending all of your energy doing and being and living and loving. So yeah, 
bottle exactly. what you got, girl. That would be it. Thank you, yeah. And like, <laughs> the thing is, we have a long ways to go because even though we are putting inclusivity out there, I feel like there's still like companies and people that say that they're inclusive, but they're also limiting who should be in, in you know, in part of it and that's not inclusive you're not being inclusive if you're limiting all the other wonderful unique disability people out there and you're closing door of who can come in and who cannot come in Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's still happening right now and that's like a issue even in sports Mm -hmm. even in film even in like modeling like I just feel like they put up this face because it's a whole new generation and whole new business type of deal where like everybody's like oh inclusive you know and everything like that but then when you look into it in a whole deeper perspective it's like yeah we're totally inclusive yeah but like they have a whole different path that they want to go through rather than like you know they listen but they it's like they don't they don't do the action they don't walk the talk and it's like they're just showing something that like you know they said that they they want to help and like you know be inclusive and all that but I just feel like we're still limiting certain type of people that you know it's wonderful out there and it's more than just someone in a wheelchair it's more than just somebody wearing prosthetics it's more than just somebody wearing like someone that's like you know different it's more than that there's a whole more out there but the thing is having other people you know whoever they are we're doing it little by little and a little bit goes along the way and that's what I'm really the positive side of it is that like they're finally you know getting people in inclusion and stuff like that but we still have a long ways to go to be honest we're just tired of able-bodied people telling disability people what they should and shouldn't do especially in the skateboarding you know industry we want to have skateboarding in the olympics I mean, Paralympics, skateboarding is already in the Olympics, but like skate, adaptive skate in the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. We're already in the Dew Tour. We're already in the X Games. I got second place this year, the Dew Tour for women's street skateboarding and stuff like that. So I feel like let's get into the Paralympics. Yeah, yeah. Your lips to God's ears, girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, it's so true because I think that a lot of companies, they use it as a marketing tool. They use it as just something that's really front facing. Oh, look at how good we are. And then if you pull back the layers you see in the company, they don't necessarily have diverse boards or there's a lot of, you know, cisgender white males up at the top of the helm and not even very many women, let alone talking about the abilities or neurodivergency or what have you. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons why I feel like it's so important for me to even do this podcast because yes, I'm a business owner. I do live by inclusivity, but I don't think that people would necessarily believe it if I just had a brand that showed people in wheelchairs or whatnot. And I mean, granted, you know, doing the the podcast is just one small way of being able to invite people to the table to have conversations like this. And so much more does need to be done. And we will get there. I mean, I think that little by little, step by step. But you know what? in the Paralympics. (laughs) Yes, but you know what? I rarely see somebody like myself. I'm Asian American. Like, I'm Asian. There's like rarely any Asian. Like, I've seen like a lot of disabilities, but like, I rarely see much Asian American or Asian authentically, you know, born and raised in mm-hmm. Thailand, like doing this stuff. So it's like, hello, let's like have something new and let's like get going for it because like, how cool and rad to kind of like have somebody who's Asian American skateboarder but also like you know skating and without legs like that's so cool like she's all different like <laughs> but like sometimes I just feel like uh, companies aren't just not ready for certain things and it's kind of like what's the most important of what we need to be on the board but like we're not ready for whole this yet it's like then when are you ever going to be ready yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's, uh, I think that people will start getting the message very, very soon. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so now I'm curious because now that you're an, a motivational speaker and you are starting to get your story out to the world, like how has the reaction been? Have you had any good stories about people being converts or, you know, things that people have sent you as far as messages back of just, you know, thank yous and things like that? 
You know, there's always going to be haters. And I feel like it's not you, it's them. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, sexual, like, very disrespectful behaviors. Like, would you tap that? Or, like, would you hit that? And stuff like that. And, like, I just ignore that. But But everybody gets it all the time. But it's just kind of, like, gross, to be honest. And I think also with groups of people that are in, you know, that amputee type of world or disability type of world where it's like, it's like sexualized in a very negative way is kind of like, like cringy to me, to be honest. I had someone a long time ago was just like, I posted a really sexy photo of me in lingerie because like I did a thing for People Magazine and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be in People Magazine. And this is back in 2015. And I posted on my Instagram and then I, I delete, I think I deleted the comment, but it was this like girl and like, I feel sorry for her, but I'm like, who the heck raised you? But she like commented on one of my pictures and she's like, this is one of the reasons why our world is dying out because people like you, you should just go kill yourself. And then I had so many people that was like for me and be like, um, you should never tell people to kill yourself. I'm like, and then I messaged back and I was just like, Hey, you know what? I'm sending you nothing but good vibes. And I hope that your day gets better. And I'm just sending you a lot of love. And that's it. I don't have time for people that just like has such a negative to the world. Sorry. (laughs) But like, there's always going to be like negative things in life and all that stuff. But I just like, I don't be always like rainbows and sunshine. Of course not. You know, we have our moments. We're human. We are human at times and all that stuff. But like, I'm not really attracted to negativity. So for that say, is that like when there are people that tries to you know, they have jags on them and they try to like, you know, put some jags on me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I always clear myself. I'm yeah. like, here, have a hug. Oh my gosh. And it just scares them because they're like, why aren't you mad that I told you this? Why aren't you upset? Because nobody got time for people, like, yeah. but nobody got time for you at the moment. You need to clear some jags and then we'll talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's just funny, to be honest. I just smile. Just smile, pass it along. Because yeah. I feel like everybody's having their moment. Everyone is living their life, you know, differently. Everyone's story is different. Everyone, you know, they might have a bad day. They probably don't like themselves because of what happened all that. But that's what they need to work on. But I don't put fire with fire because, like, it's just, it's rude. Like, I don't want to give them back of what they give me. No, I'm going to give you a lot of love and love and a lot of positivity. And not a lot of people with disability can have a voice like that. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of, like, my friends that are disabled and they cry because of comments. And I'm like, you really, like, eat this up. That's what they want. Energies like this, they like vulnerability and they like to feel like, you know, they want to see you cry. They want you to, like video yourself crying about this comp it's like dude that's not you that's them you know and so it's like I don't have time for anything like that so I just you know what I do I just keep succeeding my life Mm -hmm. and smile and be happy because that's what they hate the most so (laughs) but I don't really have a whole lot of haters anymore like I think Yeah, yeah. yeah so I think like down the road I think in my early like 20s and stuff like that it's more of drama like that but like I don't feed it so I guess it died out at like when I got older (laughs) also it's just me well I want to talk about lingerie for a moment because yay for you number one being Asian American I know how the fetish goes and so it's almost (laughs) like no matter what you do somebody's going to try to sexualize something but that I love 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 that you were were, you know there is no shame there's your body it's beautiful it's feminine it's lovely and you are proud of it and there is nothing wrong with that at all and I love your lingerie shots I think they are beautiful I think that they are very tasteful and so yeah I have nothing but love and appreciation and admiration for feeling confident enough in yourself and your body to be able to express your sexuality in you know your divine way that's all I remember yeah I remember back in 2015 I had an interview with many different interviews and they're like so you did lingerie like they kind of commented like it was like a sexual thing you know like so what did you of this like lingerie like you you did lingerie when you were like 17 or 18 I'm all like no I just posed 
like with my swimsuit or like, you know, just like, I know, like, you know, I just love my body and myself. It doesn't mean I'm sexualizing myself. Doesn't mean that if I wore a crop top and like a short shorts, because the only thing that I can wear are short shorts. And maybe I was feeling sexy with my body and myself with a crop top going outside. Do you think that like, I'm trying to attract attention of like sexuality? No, I do it because it's so nice outside. It's sunny. This outfit looks cute. By the way, we didn't have clothes a long time ago. We were all actually naked. And, you know, it's just funny to me that, like, you know, I, I don't wear bras. I don't wear bras. Like, I'm not wearing a bra right now. And, like... Same, girl. Same. <laughs> I wear, like, crop top sh like shirts or just shirts in general. Just, like, loose shirts. Some parts of my, like... You know, like you could see, like I'm not wearing a bra sometimes, but it's not actual shown. It's just like, okay, whatever. It's it's not like, oh my gosh, you know. It's just like whatever, like like right now, you know. And um, it's like a problem to some people. We're like, you should like wear a bra. Like they look at me and be like, no, if we're in LA. We're in LA. Like, <laughs> and, you know. And so I've gotta be free. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, and um, it's like. You know, just because we wear a certain type of clothing does not mean that we're trying to show off some type of like promiscuous or like um, some type of prerogative or or sexual and like look at me, you know, it's like, no, it's like, oh, I'm comfortable in this. Like, you know, I'm not stuffing everything in. It's like, I'm comfortable in this and I feel good. I love my body. Oh my gosh, yeah. like, you know, and and, nothing um, wrong with being sexy. I mean, yeah. And I'm like, why are you guys making a whole big like interview of the fact that I do lingerie when you see all these other Instagrammers and people literally like posing too with their bikinis and stuff mm -hmm. like that? Like, is it because I don't have legs? Like, I feel like it's like subconsciously to them is a shock because I don't have legs. People, they don't say it, but you can tell by the way how they talk to me in interviews. Like, you know, if you compare of what's going on on Instagram and like Facebook or like any social media of how other people, you know, yeah. in the Maldives or like the Jamaica or Bahamas and they're like posing. But if I pose and stuff like that, it's like different. It's like, cause I don't have legs, <laughs> but I love my body. I feel like, you know, balance is good in health. I'm not healthy all the time, to be honest. Like I like, you know, a little like soda, not like every day, but like, you know, once in a while, like not like once in a while or like, dairy-free ice cream you know but I also love salad I also love cooking for myself like chicken and stuff so balance is good you read your body of like what you should and shouldn't have like you know I went to the doctor got my type O I'm a type O positive so I see what my blood nutrition wants it's like cool I already eat fish and meat my blood type meat but also it's not just your blood type but it's also what your body can process read your body what you can and can't have and like live your life it doesn't always have to be so strict all the time it's like i love healthy but some healthy stuff tastes like garbage no offense but <laughs> it's like, one of the joys of uh, and pleasures of life is being able to enjoy food and, yes, and exactly right. asian food i love asian food i don't care if it has a lot of like msg like no just yeah. kidding I don't really eat no, but, but seriously, Thai food sent from God, Korean food also sent from God. So exactly. I'm not, like, sent from God. <laughs> Read your body, what's nutrition and what's healthy. Love your body, you know, stay active and also have a balance of like self-care for yourself and mental health is very important. So I feel like, you know, when it's strict onto just a run one road street, it's kind of boring. But if it, you have all different types of streets of balancing it's like yeah whatever works for you I'm not judging truth, <laughs> so, truth girl so what is coming next for you do you have any movies coming up anything fun yes I have I'm in the movie it's short but like I'm in a like a 1880s like dungeon with like uh, some of the freak show cast member in the movie Babylon that will be out December 25th nice. and I do a short thing in there and Tobey Maguire I got to meet Tobey Maguire the Spider-Man and he looks very like still young even though he's like in his 40s um he's actually your age <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like in your 40s right I'm actually 52 now oh you look 40 something oh, but, like, he's in his late 
he's like in his mid 40s to late 40s and stuff and he still looked like he's in his 30s so i mean like asian people we age young to be honest i got to work with really amazing people and it's so crazy how the universe worked because when i was younger i would used to watch young and reckless rob derdeck you know fantasy factory and then years later i'm apart with them i get to party with them and I got invited to the prom and stuff, like the prom parties. And I got to be in the Young and Reckless Chris Crofts like podcast back in 2015. He did a segment on me and he did a whole big party with me and all that stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, I saw you on TV when I was a kid. And now I'm like your friend. <laughs> and like Chanel West Coast, I got to hang out with her and like I had so much fun with them. And then um, not just that, but like I get to meet all these amazing people and people that like have success and like do what they love doing in life. And that's the type of people that I want to surround myself with. I I don't want to surround myself with people that are like pulling me down. I want to surround myself with like mentors, coaches, people that like, you know, have other success as well and just connect with them. And it's so great that I have this lifestyle. And I'm so happy that like, to be honest, I was found on the side road and mm -hmm. got to be adopted through Holt through an um, amazing family. And this is the lifestyle that I have now. So yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. And I have, two other movies coming up I have a red carpet I got invited to the film festival red carpet and in the same night I have to head out into the plane to film another movie I just got back from the do tour like I said I got second place and I have another gig that's going to happen next week actually with a big brand and I've been doing a lot of stuff with Abercrombie with oh my gosh with oh with Adidas I did runway of dreams I did New York fashion runway yeah <laughs> And this girl doesn't stop. I am and I'm just... working on a book right now, so it's cool. Children's yeah. book and my and adult books. Yeah. Oh, um, old, uh, teenage. Yeah. Books. Oh, fun coming of age kind of book. Yes, yes, coming of age like children's book too, and um, my life story. So I have a whole lot of like goals along the line that like I'm excited and stoked about, and I'm having a meeting this week on it more. Excellent, excellent. Well, yeah. Jesper, you rock. Oh my gosh. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Oh and my gosh. I'm and <laughs> we can't stop. We can't, but we must. But I want yeah. to thank you so much for being the role model that you are. Oh, so you. much love to you and Pepper back there, who's been roaming around. I <laughs> She's flirting so with me. <laughs> She's so cute, yeah. Oh, and look at the Watch Me on Hawaii Five O. He moho how. I'm in that too. And, yeah, she does her own black. stunts. She does her own yes. stunts. <laughs> <laughs> and one more thing, I snowboard with Project Roar, and pretty much what we do is that um, in October you can go on our uh, website. But Project Roar, we are well reimagine outdoor adaptive. We do a lot of helping people with disabilities like I just got my own snowboard and stuff the next person after me um, we're trying to pay forward so the next person we're trying to pay for to get their equipment for a snowboard or something for the next disability person and we're trying to raise money we're a new we're a whole new company and it was my friend Danny who's a woman that makes all these snowboards and all these equipment for adaptive and all that she's an amazing person and we're, we just want people you know anything helps we're doing the 5k run, whether you're walking, rolling, whatever, it's also virtual, but it's like it's on the, it's online, it's $50 for individuals, 150 for a package family deal, but everything profits go to Project Roar. So it will be on Project Roar Instagram and yeah, so. Like Roar. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that too. I'll be sure to put that information in the show notes as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me guys. Thank you. Thank you.